Hello, welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? It's going good. I just got back from a Christmas party uh, from one of the, the folks that work with my wife at the church. Nice. So, um, you know, that was that was nice. It was fun. They they have a thing they do every year. They they call it a cookie push, where they basically they just cook a bunch of cookies and people come by and just hang out and chit chat and you know whatever eat cookies. So my kids are all sugared up. I just put them to bed. Nice. So Very fun. We'll see how that works out. Very fun. <laughs> this has been an interesting year because the amount of parties that our kids have been invited to, like as part of the youth group or get togethers with their friends to do a gift exchange, has really increased. So now we have four people's party schedules to coordinate, uh, which, it, you know, it used to be just yeah. like Keith's team at work, my team, you know, di- our maybe like our Sunday school class, different stuff. But now, instead of two people, we're we're navigating four, and that's that's been quite an adjustment. Uh, I bet, and you know, we, we've got three of mine in school plus one in preschool, so they all have you know different party days or things like that. So, I mean, it, it yeah, I think everybody that if you have kids this time of year, especially, and you're involved in church and you got work stuff, I mean, it's it's just you're you're going nonstop. So I'll be glad whenever this week's over. Yeah, it's a mixed bag because this is a very festive season and that's fun. You get to spend time with people that maybe you don't normally uh, get to talk to and uh, have, obviously, you know, uh, I love good food. You get lots of fun sweets and everything. It's, It's really enjoyable, but man, I'm worn out from being social. Worn out from being so nice. No, I said social. Well, that too. Yeah. It goes without saying. Yes. Well, uh, we are uh, on our last kind of newsy episode That's of right. the year. Yeah. Amy. Big year uh, end. We'll, we'll be big year end our, coming up. Our big year ender soon. This is our last newsy episode of the year. And as always, it is sponsored by the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary located in Louisville, Kentucky. They are committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral programs at Southern by visiting sbts.edu. Amy, you were around Southern whenever the uh, during the Christmas season at times, and you're at Southeastern now. I bet the seminaries really look gorgeous. I mean, those two seminaries, I think, are very picturesque as it is. But I bet during the Christmas season, you get all the festive decor I bet it's just special. Absolutely. It's it's really beautiful. I remember um, the chapel was always really beautiful at Southern uh, during this time. And uh, we enjoyed, you know, we would decorate our office. And, and uh, it was just a, a really, really fun time. And then here at, at Southeastern, you come in the main building and there's a big tree in the rotunda. And uh, we have a tradition where the faculty and staff comes together and sings carols. Um, so we did that this week. It's it's very special. One thing that's really fun uh, at Southeastern is they decorate the chapel during December uh, with white poinsettias on the steps. So they're just kind of lining the steps. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, really pretty, uh, you know, for the, the last few chapels of the semester and then graduation. Well, after graduation, on that Friday, uh, Ryan Hutchinson, the executive vice president, sends an email out to all faculty and staff uh, that everything is done and that the poinsettias are free and available for people to take. And to be honest, I actually do not 
usually get one. And the reason is because I find it much more fun to stand in my office because it's like a race. It's like when the email goes out, if you go to your window and watch, you see this like flocking of people from buildings all over campus because they're all trying to get there before the poinsettias run out. And so I find that more entertaining than having a poinsettia, you know, in my houses. So uh, so that's kind of a fun, the race for the poinsettias is a fun tradition uh, on our campus. But our library put, just posted a picture of the singing carols in Staley Hall uh, from 1976 of faculty uh, compared to the one from this year. So uh, it's a really special tradition. All right. Well, Amy, let's jump into the news this week. We mentioned it at the end of last week's episode and uh, was wondering if there would be any uh, news regarding James McDonald at the pastor's conference. And we got that on Monday he announced on Monday uh, through Danny Wood that he would be stepping away from all outside speaking engagements for a season, and that would include the Southern Baptist Pastors Conference in Birmingham this June. So uh, James McDonald is no longer on the roster of speakers at the Pastors Conference. Uh, and something I don't think we had mentioned yet on the podcast, Andrew Brunson was added a few months ago right. as the international church planner who was uh, recently released in pr- from prison in Turkey. Right. Uh, I know we covered that in the, in the podcast. Yeah, that I think that was announced on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, those have been, both of those I think were announced on Twitter at some point. Right. I don't know if we ever covered them on here. Uh, but we do want to give you a follow-up for that. There's some information at the Biblical Recorder as well as Baptist Press on those. Uh, Amy, thoughts on this move? Yeah, I mean, I think as the story was unfolding last week, this was sort of the question on a lot of people's minds uh, was the pastor's conference. Obviously, that's not going to be the most important thing uh, in the minds of people at at Harvest or other folks. Uh, But for us, that was the connection. And so the the question got answered very quickly. Um, And it's not it's not surprising. I mean, James McDonald's statement to Danny Wood, it seems, was that he was just going to step away from everything. Um, and when you kind of read uh, the the stories that have been put out, even though we don't know all of the facts, you can read enough to know uh, that this is something you can understand he would want to focus on uh, as opposed to speaking opportunities. So, uh, yeah. so, uh, but, but it was a very quick answer. Well, and we also got some other news related to another story we have talked about over uh, the past year here on the podcast. Former South Carolina Baptist Convention Associate Executive Director Mark Aderholt was indicted December the 18th in Texas for the alleged sexual assault of a minor 21 years ago. Aderholt at the time was 25 and the victim was 16 years old and in the uh, the youth group he was leading. So uh, that indictment came down this week. Amy, that's something that we have been watching and right. uh, we knew kind of was going on and was had wondered if uh, the indictment would come from a grand jury, and it did on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, so I think the grand jury actually, it convened on Tuesday, but it was not entered into the record until Wednesday. So everyone was just kind of waiting. And it was in Tarrant County, uh, which is Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, they the grand jury was made up of 12 individuals, and I believe they had to reach a threshold of nine who agreed there was enough evidence to move forward. Uh, so an indictment doesn't mean um, a guilty verdict. It means that there's enough evidence to move forward to a criminal trial. Um, so now the next, next stage would be... Uh, 
a court appearance, which I think looks like it'll be in January sometime. Uh, but to come into court and it looks like it's, you're either looking at a trial, uh, of some sort, or if he were to, to pursue a plea bargain, um, that I think that's an option as well. Uh, but that means that this story is not over here. Um, and the, the process continues, you know, I, I think one of the sort of interesting things in this, uh, as we have followed it, there's been a lot of questions surrounding, um, reporting and, uh, that, you know, it's been a very long time since this happened. Uh, but, there's no statute of limitations uh, on this particular crime in uh, Texas. And so coming in there, you know, 21 years later, uh, this at least nine people, maybe all 12, but at least nine people felt like there was enough evidence uh, to move forward. That's really stunning, uh, honestly. And then to just recognize that this was an individual that served in a lot of roles and at a lot of levels in Southern Baptist life. Uh, there, This is the only situation uh, that has come to light. Uh, so this was a, in one particular ministry position. But then after that, he, you know, continued in lots of other positions. And, and just to recognize that w- the evidence that's out there was able to meet this threshold, that's very serious. And um, that's something I think as Southern Baptists, we just, we need to, to, to process that um, and to take it very seriously. Yeah. And Anne-Marie Miller, who had identified herself as the victim, uh, tweeted, uh, actually told the Fort Worth Star Telegram that she is glad the truth is being heard and justice is being served. SBC President J.D. Greer released to the media a statement on Thursday saying, quote, I have been grieved by this situation since the news came out earlier this year. How we respond to abuse demonstrates what we believe about how God feels about the vulnerable. Scripture is clear. God cares passionately for those who suffer unjustly, and so must we. It is vital that Southern Baptists at every level commit to fostering safe environments within our churches and institutions and respond to incidents swiftly and with compassion. I continue to pray for justice and healing, end quote. And uh, I I think I saw something that the uh, first scheduled trial date should be sometime in mid-January, I think January the 15th. January 15th, I saw that, right, I saw that on social media. I also saw someone responded to that just commenting, I I guess it's someone who works in the court system, that those dates can often get uh, moved or postponed. Yeah, those things move around all the time. Right, so, uh, but but the January 15th, I think, if I remember correctly, is the one. So we'll, we'll continue to watch this. This is something that is very important. We should all want to know the outcome of this uh, is a very disturbing story. So moving on to other news, Amy, Dave Ramsey's organization has announced a partnership with at least 16 state conventions uh, for some discounted financial peace university resources. The leader kits uh, they've knocked down to $99 instead of the usual $159. The, uh, the executive committee has also given a $20 discount for the first 500 pastors that have signed up. They said more than 400. So some of those, are still available. Uh, more than 400 of those have, you know, uh, uh, been accepted so far. So uh, if that's something that you and your church may be interested in, you can check that out. Uh, the Baptist Press story that we linked to, it's got all the details in there. So it's just good to see uh, people, you know, making financial stewardship a priority here in the Southern Baptist Convention. We heard a lot from Dave Ramsey at the annual meeting this past summer, uh, two or three times, I think, um, during the meeting. You know, stewardship is a, a discipleship issue. It's something that Dr. Rayner and I've talked about recently on Rayner on Leadership. So uh, this partnership should help churches across the U.S., Amy. 
Yes, Jonathan, uh, debt can definitely be a, a huge burden and uh, to to folks, including our church members. And so, this is a great service uh, to pastors and uh, to people in their congregations. Um, so, uh, we'll have that link in the show notes so people can access that information. All right, and down to Louisiana. Some sad news, Amy. Um, there's a connection here, a personal connection here. Longtime Louisiana pastor Bob Anderson uh, and former first vice president of the Southern Baptist Convention. I didn't realize that. He passed away this past week after a seven-year battle with Parkinson's disease at the age of 84. That's really sad. Now, you said a personal connection? I was a member of Parkview Baptist Church in the uh, early 90s. We, we went there from about 91 to 94, I guess. I was actually going to attend Parkview High School okay. had I not moved to uh, Ponchatoula Right before high school, I was I was already enrolled in everything, ready to go. Okay. My dad got a new job, and we moved. So, so I I know Brother Bob. My dad was friends with him. He was my pastor. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is sad news, and I'm really sorry, Jonathan. I know that's uh, that's someone uh, from from your life and from your spiritual life. So, um, very yeah, very difficult. I I had totally forgotten the name, and then I, I saw the the story this week, and I was like, wait a minute, I know that name, and then I realized I'm like, oh. I know that man. <laughs> I've heard him preach several times. I, I know that church. Um, that is, uh, that was a church that I went to all, pretty much all through middle school. So, uh, yeah, it, it was just you know that was kind of sad. My dad was good friends with Brother Bob. Wow, so, um, knew him well, and uh, they had you know spent many a days together. So uh, it was kind of sad. I haven't even talked to my dad. I need to call my dad after we get done yeah. recording, or maybe tomorrow. It's kind of late. Yeah, but. and and in this story, it it talks about how he came to Christ at a Billy Graham crusade. So it's just yet another one of those stories, like we've heard so many this year, of someone who is is changed by the Lord, is transformed, and uh, becomes a believer, and then uh, look at the legacy that went after that. All of those. Uh, people, uh, including you and your family, impacted by his ministry. Yeah. And so uh, it all began at a, a Billy Graham crusade. So that's a really special connection. All right. Well, a kind of a light week on the news front this week, Amy. That's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. So Amy, blow our minds. All right. So uh, as you said, it's a light week uh, quantity wise. We didn't have a lot of stories, but a couple of them were, you know, kind of kind of heavy. So yeah, we, we made up for it in quality. Right, right. Um, and so I wanted to go with maybe a lighter story. Uh, it's been a few weeks since I've done that. Uh, so we're going to go back to 1979 to a very uh, interesting story that I guess was really exciting in 79. Uh, but as we record this, uh, it's just kind of funny to read. So the headline, um, it's December 20th. Uh, 79 in Baptist Press. The headline is Video Telephone Links HMB Chicago Baptists. So, uh, and the first line is, it looked like a scene from an evangelical version of Star Trek. May the force be with you. That's right. This is a story about a meeting and you, I, did you, that's a mashup. I see that you just did Star Trek. May the force be with you. Well done, Jonathan. So in Atlanta, Home Mission Board evangelism specialists were meeting with leaders of the Chicago Metropolitan Baptist Association. But instead of traveling, they set up a video call. Um, and this, remember, this is 1979, so it's pretty much unknown. So they had, it said. How much do you think this thing cost? Well, no, it is. Hold on. We're going to get to that. Okay. We're going to get there. We're going to get to that. Okay. So uh, they got together bef- in front of a, it says a cluster of cameras and two black and white video monitors. 
and they talk. It said both groups talked face-to-face. The meeting was more than science fiction fantasy. Seventeen persons discussed urban evangelism strategy and its ramifications for Southern Baptist work in the Chicago area. It cost them less than the price of a single round-trip airline ticket. Um, and so it, it, the, the Atlanta-Chicago connection to do this was $210 per hour. So that's how, how much it was. Holy moly. $210 an hour, but they said... There's your CP funds put to use, Amy. what this story says is, is that's about one-tenth of what it would have cost to fly all of the uh, Chicago team to Atlanta and put them up in a hotel. Because if you, if you flew okay, all fair. of them and housed them overnight. So they used uh, something called Picture Phone Meeting Service. It's an, it was an audio-visual communication network that linked 12 U.S. cities. And so it was under a trial. It was an FCC-authorized market trial uh, with these different stations. And they were equipped to videotape calls and they could telecast charts and graphs and transmit copies above them to both ends of the connection but then it said most importantly callers see each other so they this is in the story it's just interesting to see how they described it the more than just voices facial expressions and body language communicated thoughts and emotions you know as they were discussing evangelism and it said they were able to advance their planning process because they could develop their relationship. They said, we transcended the coldness of letters and distance of two-person phone calls. Because remember, I don't think you probably did a lot of conference calls either. So you basically, every all these groups would basically communicate by letters, uh, by just, you know, a phone call from one person to one person, and that's it. But this is where a whole team of 17 people got to actually interact. Uh, so the, the Home Mission Board um, in their evangelism division was planning to do some similar conferences with four or five other cities. Uh, they felt like it was the most cost-effective way to bridge a difficult communication gap. So great use of resources. Um, and it, at the end, it says, this is an outstanding breakthrough, he said. Uh, that's Everett Anthony from the Chicago Association. We must utilize electronic advances such as this if we are to meet the needs of our cities. So you and I are recording this on uh, Thursday evening before our episode drops, and we are using Zoom, uh, which is a video call, you know, service over the internet. Uh, but there was another group of Southern Baptists who were doing another video call, uh, and they were doing it through picture phone, uh, but with a lot more excitement all this week in SBC history. You're not excited about this video call, Amy? You know what? It's kind of sad. Once you do it, a lot of times it just sort of loses its, it loses its umph. I, yeah, I guess so. so. Uh, by the way, you also owe me $210. So I'll, oh, I'll bill you. Great. Thank you. It is interesting, though, how we do this all the time because I remember some, uh, some rides at Disney World, like at Epcot. I think it was the Horizons ride, maybe, and at, uh, Tomorrowland, the the GE, the you know the Carousel of Progress. I can remember being a child and like a it was those animatronic things. There was a scene from the future and they were doing a video call with each other. And I thought that sounds that just seems crazy. That'll never happen. And then here we do them all the yeah. time. All right. Well, thanks for that, Amy. And uh, yeah, our video technology is a little bit cheaper, a little bit more accessible, and uh, probably a lot more reliable. 
than, than that I would was. guess so. <laughs> Back then. So that's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Uh, mine is a blog post at SBC Voices. It was one that came out uh, this week by Alan Cross. And a lot of times the posts on SBC Voices uh, are their sort of opinion pieces or, you know, kind of your traditional blog. I felt like this one was much a, more of a kind of a newsy piece that uh, what happened is Alan last week went to Tijuana. Uh, Alan does a lot of work with uh, refugees, and he went to Tijuana, Mexico to see for himself uh, what was going on uh, with the migrant caravan that had come from Central America uh, into Mexico and a lot of people waiting for asylum. And so he, w- he went with the Global Immersion Project to meet with Mexican church leaders and the, the people who are working with migrants just to understand what's going on, look at how the church in America could help. And he also connected with what uh, some Southern Baptists are doing uh, through like the San Diego Baptist Association um, to their missionary and church planter uh, there that is is doing a lot to try and connect with the migrants there. And also, uh, I think he went to another uh, area as well at the border in Arizona, crossing over to see what was happening. Uh, this is someone that we know who actually went and saw it with his own eyes and, and just kind of tells that story. So I found that to be a great resource this week to understand better. All right. Very cool. And uh, I checked that out. I saw it get posted. I just haven't had a chance to read it yet. So I have to check that out. But uh, I, I have been reading my resource of the week this week, and that is an article at the Gospel Coalition. It's a feature article on Dr. Tom Rainer yeah, and the legacy that he's leaving here at Lifeway. So I... I got quoted in an article, Amy. Oh, at the Gospel Coalition. That's pretty cool, Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah. So as featured on the Gospel Coalition, Jonathan Howe, um, I need to add that on my resume. And then That um, that would look a little weird, actually. (laughs) Quoted in. Yeah, no. Well, no, featured. Featured at the Gospel Coalition. Featured. You were featured. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Well, I was was in the article. Right. And it's a feature article, so. Right. That's, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Say it that way. But it's a yeah go yeah go ahead with that. Um, but it's a great article uh, on a great man, and uh, I'm a big Tom Rainer fan, as you know, and um, have had the pleasure of working with him for now seven years, and, and then some, and it's been a been a good ride. And uh, ride's not over yet. I'm still working with him, and still going strong into 2019. So yeah, uh, I, I encourage everybody just to check out the article. It, it kind of tells about what he thought about whenever he came to Lifeway, some of the challenges. He faced, and some of the challenges Lifeway continues to face as he steps away uh, and retires after 13 years at the helm. So uh, I thought it was a fantastic article, and Sarah did a great job with that. So, yeah, that's really neat. I had that actually. Uh, we're flipped. I, I shared an article you haven't gotten a chance to read yet. Same this way. Uh, that's on my list to kind of catch in the next day uh, because I saw it at the you know the main page at, at the Gospel Coalition and have skimmed it, but I haven't gotten a chance to just dig deep into it. Um, and I wanna I wanna track all of this as well because, you know, I really I started working there full time in two thousand ten and uh, then have been, you know, connected with it in some way ever since, you know, working full time for a couple of years, part time for a couple of years, and then uh, just through uh, partnerships and so many friends there uh, have stayed 
have stayed engaged in what's going on. And so it's, it's neat to see that story kind of tracked as to what all he has done. Absolutely. And he has done quite a bit in his 13 years. So I know a lot of us at Lifeway will miss him. And I have the pleasure of kind of still working with him after retirement, at least for now. So we'll, we'll see how that goes and see what happens in 2019. So, and speaking of 2019, Amy, that means 2018 is kind of over. Pretty much. We'll have an episode next week, and that will be our year-end recap where we look back at 2018, uh, the top stories of the year, uh, some of the top, you know, most fascinating people, the, the blog post that Amy will drop next week. We'll put that on the website so be able to check that out. Right. And then also we'll, we'll answer our questions from 2018. Yeah. And, and I, uh, a couple of them, ooh. especially I think question number one. <laughs> I tell you, wow. it's it, it's it's going to be it's wild. A doozy. I I went back and looked at it because I got to tell you, 2018 did not turn out at all like I expected uh, in the SBC. So uh, it was quite the roller coaster. And so going in and answering our questions is going to be uh, a really really interesting experience. Uh, so how we're going to do this is we we will record it basically. Uh, kind of as we go into the Christmas break. So then that way we get a chance to take the the Christmas week off. Um, so any news that drops in the Southern Baptist Convention during Christmas week, uh, we'll cover it, you know, the following week. That's why it won't show up in that episode. But hey, everybody, yeah. let's just well, keep it. If, let's just keep if, it chill. If something crazy happens now, if something crazy happens, we, we may have to, you know. Right jump right. on real quick so it's something but, major I mean, or it, like okay. maybe say a, me- a mega church out there is doing a christmas show and a camel falls onto the pew um, now we'll just know, tweet that out uh that would be outstanding you, you gotta though, have some, that's already happened you, i mean you gotta have some something that goes out about that so maybe it would just be over twitter but we would report that in some way but uh in general if they're just kind of sort of standard news stories we'll we'll pick those up in the following weeks, but this will be our special uh, year-end time where we reflect on the past year, and then we'll kick off our uh, New Year's episode with our questions for 2019, which now I'm afraid to even ask questions. Oh, yeah, because it may come true. Yes, who knows? Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Amy, you have a wonderful Christmas, and uh, I I think we're going to actually, our families are getting together uh, while you're here in Nashville. Yes. So yeah, so excited we'll get the. We, we have talked about the catfish place. Right. What's the name of the place? The, the catfish. The catfish what? house. The catfish house. Yes. Okay, so just as simple as that. We've talked about it on the podcast. Yes. So now we get to. I get to experience it in real life. So uh, yep. I think our families are meeting up for dinner one night next week. So looking forward to seeing you, Keith, and the kids. Yep. It's been a while since I've seen y'all. It's gonna and, be good. Um, it'll be. It'll be fun. All right. All righty. Well, thanks, folks. We'll see you next week. See you next week.